Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, our hosts will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their business to success in the ever-competitive business climate. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest all the way from West Fargo, North Dakota, Jackson Strom. In 2019, he combined his entrepreneurial spirit and passion for the profession to start Strom Architecture. Growing up with a passion for art nurtured by his mother, Jackson's career progressed from helping his father build homes and pouring concrete during high school to graduating with a Master of Architecture degree from North Dakota State University while gaining experience with local architecture firms along the way. Applying business practices learned from various fields, Jackson's goal is to continually strengthen the client experience and internal processes. In addition to building strong relationships, Jackson attributes much of his early success to simplifying the sometimes overly complex architectural process and eliminating surprises regarding the deliverables and fee structure. Strom brings a positive energy to every interaction with the goal that his clients are just as excited at the end of the process as they were at the beginning. When not focused on the building, building the business, Jackson spends time with his wife, Lindsay, their three-year-old son, Sully, and newborn, Oliver. Jackson, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lance. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I loved your bio for multiple reasons, and I've got some questions teed up for you about them. So but before we get into exactly what you guys are doing on a day-to-day basis over there at, uh, at your firm, tell us how you got here, starting your firm, and then about that entrepreneurial spirit. That really speaks to me. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. Yeah, it's it's a it's been a, a short but long journey. It seems like you know. So <clears throat> growing up in South Dakota, my dad farmed. Um, you know, kind of helped him throughout my early years, and like the bio says, kind of got into you know assisting him with you know building a few spec homes, um, and then also throughout high school pouring concrete with a local contractor. So you know, at the time, didn't really know how that would have uh, you know come into, uh, you know, benefit me later on in life, but it was just something I was doing at the time, you know, um, senior, you know, senior year, I didn't, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Talk to my guidance counselor and she's like, well, you always liked art. You know, you've always been good at drawing, you know, just growing up a lot of sketching and I always have a sketch pad. I'd be drawing, you know, Michael Jordan or, you know, Air Jordans. I'd be drawing a lot of like basketball shoes, like this as a kid, like just strange things, you you know, you gravitate towards, but I'd always be drawing. Um, she kind of said, Hey, well, you've always liked art. What do you think about going in architecture school? And I was like, well, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Um, but, you know, I didn't really have, hadn't thought about it much prior to that um, until she brought that up. So I said, well, where's the nearest architecture school? And it was NDSU. So that's, that's where I landed here. Um, throughout that journey, though, kind of starting at that point, you know, started getting architecture books. You know, I think the first few books I got were like Frank Gehry, you know, of course, you know, Frank Lloyd mm-hmm. Wright. Um, but just started to like, you know, slowly be paging through these books and just kind of being amazed at, you know, the things that were out there because it was all pretty new to me at the time. Um, and then throughout college, it just started, you know, I worked, started working at a firm. I got a job when I was like, I think 2020 or so, like second year in college, I think. Um, and just started to really, you know, get that much more interested in the profession, you know, between, you know, different books, different experiences that, that I gained during that first position, um, just really started to become a, 
uh, itch that that I was just continually scratching. You know, I, I remember getting books in uh, you know from Amazon, a new architecture book, and I would like spend the whole night just paging through that and kind of you know um, oohing and eyeing over different architects' work, and just became a passion of mine since then. So, and then tell us about the firm. How did the firm? What 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 gave birth to the firm? A lot of folks either are laid off and they have no choice, sort of like me and Al. And then there's other folks that uh, <clears throat> just get fed up with where they're at with the current firm. You know, was are the either either of those scenarios what what pushed you to start yours? Yeah, I mean, I'd say my story is a little bit different. I also, you know, again, growing up watching my dad run his run his own business essentially on the farm. Um, I think I just always had it in the back of my head that that's what I was going to do at some point. Um, you know, I, I will say there was times at, you know, my previous firms where I thought to myself, well, you know, maybe I could, maybe I could stay here. I'm not sure. But once I became licensed and, you know, we had our first child, it was kind of like, hey, it's now or never. And mm -hmm. it just became a decision that I I made and I stuck to it and I wasn't going to let anything talk me out of it. And and I think something I maybe glazed over too is throughout college and then on, you know, I was always getting different business books, you know, and for a while it was kind of like, well, I suppose maybe a lot of people do this, but then, you know, you get, uh, you know, 50 business books stacked up on your, on your bookshelf and you're like, well, maybe I do have an interest in, you know, running a business. I suppose not everybody's reading this kind of stuff in their free time, but um Again, uh, I think it was always in the back of my head, you know, running my own firm, but um, up until becoming licensed and having our first child, I, uh, then it just became more of a commitment. Yeah. Oh, uh, so when, when you started your firm and, and then, you know, you left like what I would say some, a, a pretty well-known firm regionally as far as, as far as the architect was running it, was there any lessons that you took from there versus good or bad? I know, I know, for example, when Alex and I, when I, me personally, when I got laid off from the from the firm I was working for in Boulder, I thought they were terrible business people. It just point blank. And I was like, I'm never, my goal is to never lay anybody off. I know that's a lofty goal. Yeah. But like, did you, and then there was other things from the practice I thought we could improve on and tweak and just do much better than they were doing. And so far it's been, it's, it's, you know, all the fruit has been on display, for, you know, for us, but is, is there any kind of similarities for you? I mean, there's definitely throughout my, what, 12 years working for a, a few other architects, there's definitely things that I took note of, you know, like, oh, I do or don't want to be doing that, you know, mm -hmm. when, when I run, when and if I run my own firm someday. Um, but then there's, it's funny, there's also things that I'm, I I would say to myself, gosh, why, why would you ever do that? Or that, that's ridiculous. But then once you start running your own firm, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, I guess I can see why, why this or that happened. Um, I think one of the biggest things that came out of, uh, just my experience is just seeing the value in relationships and, you know, really trying to build those relationships over time, whether it's with past clients, with builders, um, you know, trying to just keep up with people as far as, uh, you know, touch base with them every so often. It's, I, I think, especially when you're first starting out the firm, you know, it's, it's been really great just to see how many people will give you a chance, especially if they've had a past relationship with you. And so we've been really fortunate to have just, you know, probably all the main builders in the area really, you know, kind of uh, give us a chance with, with different projects. So that's, that's really helped us hit the ground running. So yeah. How, how did, how did that bridge happen for you? 
some folks like uh, I think Julie Stoll Snow tells a pretty famous story about like she they basically a client approached her and that was her off ramp. Like oh, sure. talk about your off ramp to where you guys how you you know how how that happened. Yeah. Um that's a good question. So I would start, you know, it was funny, Lance, because I would start having conversations. You know, I, I just started, again, these different builders uh, I had good relationships with. You know, there was just a few that I would I would talk to and I'd say, you know, I just kind of run a few of these ideas by them saying like, well, if a guy were to start his own mm. thing, you know, and, and things like that, like, do you think there's a market for that? Do you think, you know, um, there's any merit in that. And, you know, they really kind of, there was a few different builders that kind of took me under their wing in a sense that, you know, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. There'd be a market for that. Or we'd have projects that, you know, we would, we would definitely share with you in the next six months to a year. And, you know, it got to the point where um, I think even before I probably walked out the door, there was a few different people that had called me and, you know, you get a little like, uh, it was, it puts you in an awkward spot because you're like, yeah. well, I didn't really know anybody even knew I was going to jump off and start my own thing. But, um, you know, you know, that that'll be happening very soon. But, you know, as of right now, you know, I kind of those conversations. So um, there wasn't, I wouldn't say there was some real big project <clears throat> that, oh, now I got this project. Um, you know, I can, I can do my own thing. But it was, it was a handful of, of projects that were decent size projects. So it wasn't like some $10 million home, yeah. but it was probably a handful of, you know, just, just smaller projects. Yeah. But, the, yeah. but smaller projects in the sense that they weren't just bathroom remodels, they were new homes. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Certainly. But let's go back a little bit. I talk about into your, your hands-on construction experience. Uh, again, very much a one-to-one -one ratio in terms of that's where I started as 13 years old, 13 years old, working for my dad's best friend, tearing off roofs, loved every minute of it, and then learned every trade moving into architecture. Um, yep. So you have, you have hands-on experience. So your dad built spec homes. Was he doing that like in addition to farming? Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like a, I don't know, Renaissance man. It was one of the last of, of the kind. So yeah, I mean, he, he before uh, I was old enough to help him do such a thing, he had built a few spec homes with another contractor in our hometown. And um, my dad's this type of guy that, you know, he, I don't know, just a quick learner, very hands-on, very like do-it-yourself guy. And um, so, yeah, during high school, I think we built two different, or he built different, two different spec homes. And then my brother and I had helped him with it. So um, it was just kind of a, yeah, between planting and harvesting, uh, we're going to get this house in the ground and start building this and you guys are going to help me. <laughs> so. so have you, has it crossed your mind to potentially do design plus build? in the future? Oh, geez. I, no, it hasn't. It, and, and I know, I know there's probably a lot of reasons for it, but I will say a lot of the work that has come our way is from builders mm -hmm. that, you know, specifically say, Hey, you know, like, um, you know, in, unless you start building the projects, like, you know, we'll definitely keep sending projects your way. So I don't know. It just, I don't know if I have an appetite for it, but I, I'm sure maybe you could you could uh, tell me otherwise. <laughs> well, I think everybody should do their own development at least once. And even if their own development is just their house done. Yeah. Like that's as, as just so you can, because I, I, you know, one of the questions I'm going to get to is your, how you've simplified the, 
overly complex design process. Yep. And we've done much the same. Uh, we, especially even through our proposals, but like what, what I'm getting at with the development is then like, you're all of a sudden back in that homeowner's shoes. Yeah. Uh, especially if you can, if you're working with your wife about this. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a really interesting experience. And I think everybody should do it once if they're an architect. Um, one last thing about the construction thing is, do you think architects right now, like, you, you know, you're a recent graduate in the sense of both of us are, I mean, we're not too far off from yeah. college. Do you think architects are getting enough, young architects are getting enough hands-on experience building? I mean, obviously it helped you. Um, I don't know. I guess I don't know for a fact, but I'm assuming probably not. <laughs> um, I think any, any, any bit of that experience is extremely helpful, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know for a fact, Lance, but I don't, I'm, my assumption is they're probably not, but um, I'd argue though, too, if I hadn't done a few of those projects with my dad and poured concrete myself, I wouldn't have gotten that additional experience either. So yeah, hundred percent. Uh, in your bio, you stress and, and on your website too, that your firm, you know, simplifies the overly complex architectural design process. So two, it's a two-part question here. Why do you think others make it so complex? Cause I agree with that. A lot of other folks do make it very complex. And then how have you solved this problem? Yeah, um, I would say some of the complexity, I think, you know, I don't know exactly where it comes from, but I, I think what we've tried to do is just really simplify it. So when we're, when we're kind of, you know, marketing our services to our client, you know, we want to show them exactly what goes into each process, mm -hmm. each step and exactly what the deliverables are. You know, I feel like working at other, at, you know, in my past experience, maybe some of that was a little fuzzy at times and um, I, I think it just goes over better in the end and you have less conversations, less messy conversations if the client knows exactly what they're getting up front versus, mm -hmm. um, you know, conversations of, you know, okay, we got this. When, when does the next step happen? When is, what are the other deliverables for this? Like, what are the additional costs for this? Like, we're really trying to, I don't want to say productize, but um, just have it a little more, a service, a fee, a service, a fee, a service, a fee versus, um, I mean, nothing against the hourly rate, but uh, the hourly fee, but I, I will say like uh, having a lot of conversations with clients in the, in, prior to running our firm, um, it seemed like clients liked that hourly rate up front. They said, oh, great. That's, you know, oh, that's what your hourly rate is. Great. And then after six months, though, it was kind of like, hey, when's when's this going to end? <laughs> when's like when are these these invoices going to stop coming? Like how much longer is this going to take you? Uh, and I just tried to think of it like, how do we how do we remedy that? You know, I, I don't you know, by no means am I saying what we've done is perfect, but it's worked good for our clientele, I guess. So was it was this idea from the outset or did you literally design it sort of on the fly as you started, as you started working with your, with your clients, maybe in that first year, how did it evolve? Um, it was somewhat from the outset. I mean, it wasn't like some grand idea, but yeah. it was just more so I just, I mean, I don't, I just don't like having those conversations with the client. I don't like, you know, I don't want to get on the phone for a half hour with the client and give them an overview of exactly what we worked on, how many hours were, you know, into that, um, or give them a two-page, you know, email describing every hour that was put into their their project. Because in my experience, 
in, in the end, yeah, the client pays that, but they're still not happy about it. You know, mm -hmm. like, you know, okay, thanks for the description. Like, okay, we understand there was a amount of time put into this, but what they're not telling you, I feel like is we're not happy about this, but sure, we'll pay it, you know? <laughs> and I just, I think our goal is to have the client really just fully understand what they're getting themselves into um, what our investment, the investment is up front, I guess. Do you think it's also helped with your design? Actually, the work you're producing, you know, being sort of in this structure that you've set up, is it is it making, is it helping your bottom line? Is it helping the design? I mean, can you speak to any of that? Um, I'd say, you know, we're a small firm where there's six of us now. I'd say right now, yes, it, it really has helped the design process, helped the bottom line. Uh, I will say as we grow, you know, I, I'm sure there's a number of people, a number of your team that um, once you pass that, maybe it, maybe it has to look a little different because, you know, of course, right now I'm the one that's doing the, doing the, that upfront design. Um, but I suppose as your team grows, you have more and more people doing design work. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a different way that's got to be kind of spun, but yeah, right now it's worked really well. Yeah, it sounds like it. I liked how you had it outlined on your website. That just made it clean and clear. Are you finding, I mean, do you find that people actually, I find it all the time. They have no idea what an architect does. They have no idea how an architect does it. And, uh, you know, I like, uh, for me, you know, what pains me is I'm not a member of the AIA. And for, for multiple reasons, we don't have to get into. But one, one of the things they, I do listen to, you know, on Mark LePage's pro, po podcast, Yep. He had the president on there, I think, or, or one of the higher ups. I can't remember what exactly his title was, but he was one of the things he tried to, you know, push like to, to say that they do is that we teach the public what architects do. Nonsense in my world, because I, I am going to these meetings and that I'm having to explain, which is fine for me, because actually that's how our proposals are set up. Like, yep. are you are you finding that this also basically kind of takes that away from that? Are you still seeing that kind of an issue? Well, I think a lot for us, for our situation, a lot of what an architect does per se is, is kind of um, throughout our process, when we're detailing our process to the client, that's really informing them what yeah. the architect does, or at least what, how we do our thing. Um, but yeah, I, absolutely. We get that question a lot. Like, well, geez, I, we need an architect or we think we need an architect, but what exactly do you guys all do? Or, or sometimes there's, you know, after uh, initial designs done, you know, there's some clients that kind of feel like that's when the interior designer takes it over. And of course, you know, we'd like to see us take the project till the end, but um, it's just, everybody kind of has a different, and until you inform them, everybody kind of has a different idea. It seems like what an architect does in their eyes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh so when you started the firm, it was, was it, was it just you and then started multiplying very quickly? Yeah. I mean, it was just me. Um, you know, it was probably a happy accident that it, it was right prior to the pandemic. Um, so it was just kind of hold up in our house and, you know, working out of our, you know, extra bedroom and just, just working a lot. And, um, I can't remember how long, how, how long after we first started, I, did, we did get an intern um, involved, Grace, but um, yeah, when I first started, probably for the first, I bet six months, I was probably by, on my own. What gave but, you what gave you the confidence to make that first hire? Um, I think it was just a lot of the, the confidence, probably because it was a part time, it was part time uh, team member, 
Um, you know, I bet if it was, a, if, if I would have tried to do full-time, that would have been, I, I think it just took baby steps for me, you yeah. know? Um, so that's probably what helped with that. And also, I think I looked at just all the different daily tasks that were needing to be done. And it's just like, you know, one person can only do so much. And you kind of felt like you're leaving, whether it's projects out there or, or money out there, like you started to like, look at that on paper and it was just kind of a no brainer. Yeah. And then did that, did Grace turn into full-time and then was the actual real full-time hire, like from the get-go an easier swallow? Um, Grace actually did not turn into full-time because she left after school to go, I forget where she ended up going, but okay. she's not in her area anymore. Um, but then the next intern, uh, became full-time. Yep. That was the first full-time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, did you have any nerves because uh, you know, you look at the salary and you understand how much like, Oh wow. Now all of a sudden I'm the responsibility level and you're a father of two too. So you already have you already have the responsibility going for you, plus running your own firm and all the other stuff. But like a lot of people are very nervous about this very first hire. And I, I, and as somebody who has a business partner, like I feel spoiled compared to sole proprietors like yourself. Like yeah, my confidence level is backed up by Al. Yours is you're on your own, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I looked at, you know, looked at our proposals, looked at, you know, um, kind of the projects we had on our books, um, you know, that in addition to like, you know, a business advisor, that's, that's probably the closest I think I have to a partner. Okay. So that, helps. Um, that helped. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of it just came down to looking at the, the work we had on our books, let's say, and it was just kind of felt like a no brainer. It was like, well, for sure, this is money. And, and again, that's, that's the nice thing about the fixed fee two Lance is you're able to see like, this is exactly what we have on the books. It's not, well, hey, if we can put this many hours into these projects, this is what it could be, you know? Yeah, I agree. The fixed fee is, I would say 99% of our projects are, are fixed fee at this point too. And the 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 little detail I think that, that I would say to the audience is about that is Jackson was saying, basically, you know, right away, it's okay. They love the hourly. They're like, oh, 100, like this is pretend. Let's say the hourly is $150. Well, that's yeah. a small number. Right. That's mm -hmm. easily digestible. You can compute that in your brain as a client. Yep. But then 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 that multiplies and then yep. then all the pain comes. Whereas if you present a fixed fee right away, you're basically doing the sticker shock right away. It just exactly. is what it is. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and what else is nice about that, Lance, is uh, to, to that point, speaking back on that is the sticker shock is right away. And then you, then you see if the client has the appetite for that investment, you know, um, maybe they want to go to a different option, but they're able to see that up front versus seeing that in six months when they're already frustrated with it. And then they're seeing a bigger number. So mm -hmm. it's added frustration. So they're able to see exactly what that number is up front. And if they even want to, you know, invest in your services or not. Yeah. 100%. Um, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned in your first three years of practice on your own? Um, um, let's see the biggest lesson, you know, maintain relationships. I would say, uh, I feel like some of the, the, the toughest stuff is just the smallest stuff. You know, it's the stuff you don't think is going to be the tough stuff. It's the, you know, maybe different, different hard conversations you need to have that aren't in the end, really that they don't end up being that big a deal. Sometimes you're making a mountain out of a molehill, but I think, um, 
I'm kind of going all the, all the, all around here, but I'd say the biggest lesson would be um, just we're probably really just trying to keep push pushing the ball up the hill every day. Like I feel like anytime in the past where I've kind of let, I don't want to say let the guard down, but say, Oh, well now there's a little bit of time to breathe. It's mm -hmm. like, you're, you're quickly reminded that, Oh wait, now there's, there's some other project or some other fire or some other um, it's just like, I think you just need to keep that momentum going, you know, whether it's uh, you know, attempt, you know, reaching out for new projects um, just really trying to put yourself out there. Yeah. So, so, so I say scrap all that and say, just put yourself out there, you know, keep, keep trying for, for the things that you, uh, you think may be out of your reach. I, I'd say, you know, try to engage with those builders you think, you know, are maybe out of, out of your reach or engage with those clients you think that are out of your reach. Just put yourself out there. Um, yeah. I think it's tough to do sometimes, but the more you get used to it, the easier it is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, the word uh, was a word you've been using quite a bit on this on this interview, and that that's relationships. And so, you know, I, I your business sounds like it was built on former relationships, and then finding new relationships. How are you prospecting for those new new relationships? Is it is it word of mouth? And have you guys had to do much digital marketing at all? We've done some digital marketing, um, more so just to get you know uh, further extend our social media things like that. I'm not sure if. I'm not sure if any work has come from, from, uh, marketing. I think a lot of it's word of mouth. Um, you know, we've, we've started getting projects from, you know, even just cold emails, you know, sending out cold emails to different builders in other areas that, you know, we know do great work and just kind of get it, send a, send an email, see if we can get a, a meeting set up with them and um, just kind of learn more about how they go about assembling their team. And, you know, a lot of it, I feel like a lot of it is if you're able to have a conversation with someone, you know, there, there's a lot of good that can come from that. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sometimes those conversations seem scary from the outside, but if you're able to just uh, connect with someone, people like to work with people they, they like, essentially, you know, and I mean, of course your, your work needs to back that up, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I think the cold emails have been, been uh, really beneficial for us. But now, of course, that's when we have plenty of work on our plate already, but still reaching out to other builders that we know do great work that we want to potentially collaborate with in the future. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I, I don't think I've heard anybody do say they've gotten success from cold emails. I wonder if it's always interesting to me, though, when people pop up in your email that you... Um, let's say it was a past client or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden, or, or you touch, talk to them for some reason and you just hit them at the right time. Maybe right. they are in the process of get of looking for a new architect for whatever reason. Right. And then it was like, wow, that was a little bit of Providence there making mm -hmm. it happen. Yeah. Well, I, th I think the more, the more you have those discussions with different builders or whoever, you know, if you can communicate with them and listen to them, they're often going to be telling you, yeah, here are the things that, you know, we're not really liking about our past relationships with these other architects. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, can you bring a remedy to that? And then, you know, so yeah, it's been, that's been good. Yeah. Uh, we're running up on the half hour here, Jackson. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, two, two last questions that I ask everybody. Uh, first one is knowing what you know now, and if you could go back in time, even before 2019, when you first started your business, what is one piece of advice you give your former self? Um, I'd say start earlier, you know, like wow. just uh, 
get licensed and um, start earlier. I, I, I will say, you know, with our, our first child being born, you know, that was kind of the catalyst to like get moving. So maybe, maybe that's just what I needed. Um, and maybe a lot of these different relationships wouldn't have been formed that greatly before that too. But I just looked back at it. I think sometimes, sometimes these things feel much scarier than when, once you get in them, I mean, there's, there's things all, you know, every day that, you know, that you run into that are issues, but um, sometimes it's scarier on the outside looking in. And I think, I sometimes think if I would have more time, even, you know, you know, how it goes, Lance, when you have a family, mm-hmm. you have a, you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, but also maybe that's what's, what you need to, the, to keep you uh, efficient with your time. But sometimes I just think, oh, if I would have started five, 10 years earlier, what, what would it feel like? But five, five years earlier would maybe be the number. Yeah. You're, that answer is very, I have heard that answer from this category of people the most, not, not architects actually, but real yeah. estate moguls, investors, developers, all of that. I would have just done more sooner. So very yeah. interesting um, response. I, I love that Jackson. Um, this has been great. Uh, if people, if people listening to this and they want to find and find out more about you and your firm, where can they, where can they find and follow you guys? Yeah. Um, our social media is Strum Arc, um, Instagram, and then our website is Strum Architecture. Well, wait, our website is Strum Arc. Strum Architecture, I think, would get you there too. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, social media, we're, we try to be pretty active on that, try to keep posting new projects and what we're up to. So beautiful. Yeah. Jackson, thanks so much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it. Hope the audience says too. Wish you guys nothing but the best and uh, more success you know, as we finish out the year. Thanks, Lance. Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. See ya.